This is a special edition of Faith in Action entitled Sons of Melchizedek, where we welcome priests from the Archdiocese of Indianapolis and the Diocese of Lafayette in Indiana to tell us their vocation stories. We are so grateful to and thankful for our priests as they serve us and bring us the sacraments daily. Before we introduce today's special guest priest, we'd like to pray for you, Father. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for the gift of our priests. Through them, we experience your presence in the sacraments. Help our priests to be strong in their vocation. Set their souls on fire with love for your people. Grant them the wisdom, understanding, and strength they need to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. We ask this through Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns as our eternal priest. Amen. Welcome. This is Gordon Smith, and you're listening to the Sons of Melchizedek program. Today, I am interviewing Father Brian Dzinski from St. Maria Goretti Parish in Westfield. Welcome, Father Dzinski. Thank you for having me, Gordon. That is just so hard to say, Dzinski, Dzinski, Dzinski. There yeah. must be more than one of you, right? There's, Yeah, there's several of us. Several of you, and you're all priests, right? Well, the boys. The boys. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? So I grew up in Lafayette. I'm one of five children. I have two brothers, as you mentioned, alluded to, are both priests in the Lafayette Diocese. I have two sisters, one in Memphis, Marie, she's the oldest, and then Margie, uh, she's in Lafayette. They both have two children. And so then my two brothers, Father Ted and Father Andrew, my uh, father recently passed away in February, and my mother is still living, and she just celebrated her 90th birthday on Sunday. And, and let me just ask you a question now, uh, because there's something that I've been wanting to ask you that's very important, and that is, are you fired up? I am fired up. I'm fired up to be on this uh, program. I think it's good for people to understand or see how other people came to their to follow their calling to be a priest. And the calling comes from God. Sometimes we are slow to recognize it. Sometimes it's more obvious. So um, I think it's good to share the story. So if others have that same calling, they can feel free to pursue it. Well, it's good to be fired up and it's good to be a priest. So you've demonstrated both, led that example to me. And that's the way you open many of your homilies with the question, are you fired up? And it's something you uh, should ask yourself every day. Um, when, growing up, uh, you said your dad threw the ball with you a little bit. Um, uh, were you an athlete or outdoorsman? Um, what kind of person were you growing up on the Yeah, I was. Um, Lafayette I area? loved uh, the outdoors. I loved sports. So we camped as a family. That was uh, our vacations. We could travel all over the country. We had a local campground, Raccoon Lake. We'd go to a lot. Um, but as a family, we would camp. So I just grew up enjoying the outdoors. We had three acres. So I'd climb trees and just play outside a lot. Sports, love playing basketball, football, uh, baseball. I'd ride my bike a lot. Uh, as a neighbor, you know, in our neighborhood, we'd play together. So so you were an athlete and your brothers probably were too. But who was the best? Um, that's kind of a relative. I think we were all held our own in our respective areas, so I wouldn't say either any of us were better than anybody else. Humble response there, humble response. When you went to grade school, you probably went to a Catholic grade school, I would imagine, didn't you? No, we lived in the country, so we all gr went to the public school out 
um, in the country, and then the plan was eventually to go to the Catholic high school. I had a sister, still have a sister. She's 11 months younger than I am, so the age and starting date of school worked out that she started a year earlier, and we um, were in every grade growing up, and a lot of times different classes, but when it came to junior high, a lot of the classes were the same. So we were discerning, you know, the high school, and our parents gave us the option of which high school we wanted to go to, McCutcheon or Central Catholic. Initially, I was going to go to Central Catholic, and my sister wanted to go to McCutcheon, and then she switched, and I switched, and she, she ended up at Central Catholic. I ended up at McCutcheon. So no carpooling opportunities there. No. Did you get to Mass a lot as a family or individually? So we always went, like I said earlier, you know, faith was second nature to us. We went to Mass every every Sunday, every weekend. We'd go to the Holy Days of Obligation. When we went on vacation, I mentioned we went camping. We always made sure we went to church wherever we were. So that was a, you know, a good example for us to know that, you know, church, prayer, second nature. Sure. And what was your home parish? Did you have one? Or? Yeah, our home parish was the cathedral, St. Mary Cathedral in Lafayette. So that coincidentally, we have Catholic Radio Indy has a new radio station in Lafayette. And it's a good time to mention that our tower for that station is directly across from the 40 or 50 cement stairs right in front of the cathedral, St. Mary's Cathedral in Lafayette. So hmm. that is a, a big achievement that we've done in the last year. Father, you have a favorite saint. Who would be your favorite saint? I I have several saints that I really love. I love uh, Mary. Obviously, she's a given, I think, for most people, hopefully, as Catholics. St. Joseph. But outside of those two obvious ones, St. John Vianney, he's the patron saint of priests. And I was blessed when I was at... um, St. John Vianney and Fishers to be the founding pastor there and Bishop Higgy and I came up with the, the name together and chose St. John Vianney. That's the only St. John Vianney in our diocese, so that worked out really well. He's a gr- good patron to watch over, ask intercession for my priesthood and the different things that um, I undertake in a parish. So that's definitely one of my faves. And then St. Uh, Francis Xavier Cabrini, who's the patron saint on my feast day or on my birthday, which is November thirteenth. That's her feast day. She's the first um, canonized American saint, but she was a naturalized saint, so she was from Italy, and she just was a great inspiration too of coming over from Italy. She was afraid of the the water, and she made that trip twenty five times, even though she dreaded the trip it just so showed her dedication and her desire to do what the pope had asked her to and i love saint patrick as well so i was very blessed to be in that parish before coming to saint maria grady saint patrick's my confirmation saint by the way so there is a new movie coming up very soon about saint francis yes so that it looked very good yes trailer yes i saw that after i was watching uh sound of freedom and that was one of the trailers leading up to that. And that movie is out right now. It's about the child trafficking crisis yeah. in this country. And it seems like it's a very mm-hmm. uh, serious problem that we need to all pay attention it's to. It's a great movie. If you get a chance, you should go watch it. That will do. I have not had a chance yet. 
at St. John Vianney, you are a founding pastor there, and you are building a church from scratch. Uh, I think when it was just a cornfield or something like that mm-hmm. before the buildings started getting built. Uh, and that maybe went a little slower than you had hoped for. It was a great opportunity to start a new community, wouldn't you say? Um, I don't know. I mean, it's um, it's a good parish, good community. They're just, you know, doing their part to build the kingdom of God over in Fishers, Indiana, and just north of Holy Spirit and Geist. So it's a, uh, you know, it's a uh, in a good good area. There's a lot of growth out there. So hopefully the the growth will increase. Sure, a lot of growth. Um, one of the things I recall about going to mass there occasionally was the Saint Gertrude cards in the in the pews. Maybe maybe Saint Maria Gretti will get those one of these days. Yeah, Saint Gertrude had a prayer to the uh, poor souls in purgatory, and that's one of my devotions. Is for the unborn and for the poor souls. So at the beginning and the end, what great um, prayer warriors to be praying for us here here below, and we pray for them as well. You have a special devotion to the unborn. You've picked up the uh, pro-life activities at this parish um, just because it's your thing, and it's a good thing. One of the things that strikes me about the situation that we find ourselves in this country is that men did not stand up in 1973 the way they should have to defend women and to defend the unborn. But really, it's defending the unborn is really defending their mothers as well and taking care of them and not putting them in that position. So you want to explain a little bit about how that works in your devotion? Well, I mean, I think first and foremost, I think it's a foundational issue if we can't protect the most vulnerable in society which is in the mother's womb then how are we going to protect them throughout and I think that's where if we get this right or if we get it kind of corrected so to speak then it'll help with other issues because like I said you you can't like just put a a finger in a dike and try to stop the water from coming out you got to really have that foundation so that it doesn't leak so and with that we need to take a short break we'll be right back with father brian dzinski from saint maria gretti after this announcement when a business is looking to expand they say it's all about location 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 but what about when the church needs to expand to stretch out and reach those fallen away estranged from the faith are those who simply have never heard the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Then it's all about vocation, vocation, vocation. We need more people dedicated to the mission of serving the church, more priests, more deacons, more men and women of vowed service, and more lay workers willing to go into the fields. The harvest is rich, but the workers are few. Is God calling you to service? Pray on it, and while you're there, Pray for more vocations. A simple request from your friends at Catholic Radio Indy. Welcome back. This is Gordon Smith. I'm interviewing Father Brian Dzinski today from St. Maria Gretti Parish in Westfield, Indiana. We were talking right before the break about the pro-life attitude that this parish has exhibited. It's a big deal here, and it's a big deal for you, Father, right? It is, and as I mentioned before the break... It's very foundational if we 
we can take care of the babies in the mother's womb, then we can foster a greater respect for all life. And like I said, if we can't do it in the mother's womb. And as you mentioned, your fathers have a role to play too in supporting um, their partners. I would I would think most abortions take place outside of marriage. And so gets back to why does the church teach what it does about premarital sex, you know, and trying to keep it to marriage because, again, all babies should be wanted. And so when a, a parent mother is gifted with that child, that she should cherish that. And so it's often looked at as not a child. It's looked at as something um, other than a child, which biologically it is it is a, a child, you know, and it, it's in, we all have a developmental stages. And so I think it's really important that we acknowledge that life from conception and to do what we can to support it. So both the the man and the woman play an important part of that. You know, it's not, it takes two. And so we need to make sure we understand that. Well, uh, the, and we get into splitting hairs over when life begins, you know, is it, viability is it um at this time or that time but in reality and to get a little theological about it, it it is exactly when god has created that soul and put that soul into the uh unique person of well his and like creation. and like jeremiah says at the beginning of his book you know god knew us before we were formed in the womb so it's not like it was an accident that we came into being so from Matthew. You could count every hair on our heads. Well, maybe your head, not mine. Now, uh, one person in your life that was instrumental in things and open to life, because there's five of you, is your mother, Carolyn. How did she guide your family? So my mother was very instrumental because as my uh, dad was working, she would be very instrumental in you know making sure we did do our prayers and you know, she just led by example, too, and I think a lot of the, the good qualities we have definitely come from her, but I would also, as mentioned earlier, my father was very instrumental, too, because he reinforced those things, and I think in a lot of families, fathers can be absent in the spiritual formation of their children, and that's, you know, can make a difference in um, embracing the faith. So if both parents take that role— you know, traditionally, I could think it's seen as the, the mothers play that role and the fathers just kind of, you know, go along with it. But like I said, my father was very proactive and, you know, we just knew this was part of our faith. And so I I am very blessed here at St. Maria Gretti. We have a men's group that um, they're trying to do their part to build up the men's role. And men need to take an active role because I think... When the, the fathers play a strong role in the faith of their families, the families are strong in their faith and their children um, practice their faith. Amen. Um, so, Amen. Uh, you went to Butler and Purdue. Uh, somewhere in the middle there you were in a traffic accident, and I'm guessing that that might have had some future impact on your desire to become a priest, but could you explain about that a bit? Yeah, so my second year... At Butler, I was a passenger in a car accident, and, you know, 
I didn't want to miss any more school. I was in the hospital for a month. I had to withdraw for that semester. And while I was in the hospital, I didn't want to miss any more school. And I had a brother, Father Andrew, who was senior at Purdue. And so I knew he could help me um, get around because uh, I was unable to walk for a while. Um, so he was very instrumental of helping me. And initially, I would say, looking back, it didn't have any direct impact. But I think it's like the story of Joseph, you know, in the Old Testament Genesis, how Joseph was sold into slavery and God brought good out of that. You can just see the path that it took. And then he was instrumental in saving, you know, the surrounding area from the famine that took place. In my vocation, God sent me on that path, unbeknownst to me, that I would be at Purdue and that I would kind of redirect my focus. And then things just fell into place. I was very blessed. I got a scholarship from General Motors that paid for my schooling, my books. I had two summer internships with uh, Allison Gas Turbine in Indianapolis. But as I was at Purdue, um, getting ready to interview, interviewing um, Father Kevin Haynes was a new associate at St. Mary Cathedral. And I met him and, you know, he just kind of, I think he saw that I might have a vocation to the priesthood. And so we just kind of hung out together every night after I got off work. You know, I'd go over to the cathedral and we'd pray um, night prayer, sometimes rosary. Um, and we'd just talk about the faith and it made me think maybe this is what God's calling me to because I saw in his his priesthood, how much he loved the faith, how much he loved God, how much he loved God's people. So that was very instrumental for me as well. I think initially the vocation was fostered by my parents in showing how important the faith is. Um, I was dating a girl at the time, a nursing student my mom actually had you know, fixed me up with. And while I was waiting for her one evening, in her apartment as she was getting ready, we were going out. I was looking through her books, and I saw a book called Abortion, the Silent Holocaust. And there were just, each chapter started out with a quote, and I one really caught my eye was, it all seems so wrong, I said to myself, why doesn't somebody do something about it? Then I realized I am somebody. And so for me, it just kind of hit that, hey, if you care about your faith, you have to be willing to do something. And so to me, it kind of was like, you should be a priest. And you so know, if not you, then who? Exactly. And I can't complain about it. So as a priest, I've never really been one to complain about things. I just do it, you know, and help others. Um, so I've been, I feel God, again, was working in the different situations, getting me to Purdue, dating this girl, looking at that book, um, and sending Father Kevin there. I mean, he literally had just got there and we just became friends and I was interviewing for jobs. I had two different job offers, but I was like, okay, if, if God's calling me to be a priest, I want to give him my best, not, not the rest afterwards. So I just said, okay, God, if you want me to be a priest, you're going to have to guide me. And he did. Here I am 26 years later. So that's a job, and you're doing it, and we thank you for that job because it's a vocation job, and it's a vocation calling. This is a show about vocations, and Father Kevin, you mentioned 
sort of maybe uh, provided some guidance to you while you were at Purdue, which was an unexpected trip from Butler. But then you perhaps could have been credited, you could be credited with maybe leading some of your brothers into the priesthood. Well, it is interesting. When I um, felt God's calling, I told uh, my brother, Father Andrew Dzinski, he was in Milwaukee at the time in a job, and he was like, oh, that's nice and really supportive. And then about a month later, he said, you know what, I'm going in too, which was pretty cool because I didn't see that one coming. Um, But I think it kind of just opened his eyes that maybe he was being called. He was always the one everybody thought would be the priest. And that was what was said throughout our upbringing. Nobody thought I'd ever be the priest. So I was like, I don't care, you know. But again, God has a funny way of helping you to see your um, your vocation. And um, so I'm, I'm very blessed that I can't even imagine doing anything else but be a priest. Well, we thank you for that. God bless you. And we're so thankful for the vocations we have out there. This is an amazing story, really, that you have, that this diocese has, I think, three sets of brother priests. Mm-hmm. So um, it's, that's an amazing story in itself. Um, I'm going to move on to what you did once you were in seminary. Where did you go to seminary? I went to the Josephinum in Columbus, Ohio. It's called, the full name's Pontifical College Josephinum. And was that typical at the time for the Lafayette Diocese to send their seminarians there? Yeah, we sent them to three different seminaries at the time, St. Minard, St. Um, the, the Josephinum, and then Mundelein in Chicago. And w- which is where your brother, Father Ted Dzinski, went. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did ask him when I interviewed him about that. That was the site of a Eucharistic Congress many, many, many years ago, um, and one of the churches on that site was built for that occasion. Uh, We have a Eucharistic Congress or Eucharistic Revival coming up in the summer of 2024 in Indianapolis. What what are your plans for that, and and is that an important thing, Father? Yes, I think it's uh, very important to continue to promote the importance of the Eucharist. I have strong devotion to the Eucharist, as I would hope all priests do, you know, celebration of Mass, adoration. Um, Archbishop Fulton Sheen was very instrumental in um, my love for the Eucharist. I read his uh, autobiography, Treasure in Clay, when I was in the seminary, and he talked about his devotion, his his holy hour every day, two things he promised uh, God one was every Saturday he would offer votive mass to our Blessed Mother, and he would do a holy hour every day. And so I was uh, just really impressed by that, and it just reinforced the importance of the Eucharist and Jesus' real presence. So Body, tried, blood, soul, and divinity. I've tried to do that every day of my uh, priesthood. It's been a holy hour, first thing every day, giving the day to God. Thank you for that. And I'm going to break away and do a little story here that Father's not expecting me to say, but um, my wife and I have been involved with the baptism ministry here at Maria Goretti for many years, and when Father Dzinski first got here, I sat down with him to tell him what we'd been doing and ask if that was what he wanted to continue doing, and he said, well, frankly, Gordon, um, this is the only parish I've ever been at that uh, I didn't conduct that class myself. 
But he said, uh, tell me what you're doing, and uh, I'll see about it. So he sat in a class and um, came back, and we met again, I think. And he said, well, that's fine. What you're doing is fine, but there's a few more things that may be being left out. In retrospect, I think what he detected was uh, we were concentrating a little bit, and, and the class actually was for parents of that wanted to baptize their children, and it was uh, important that we instructed them. But we were instructing them maybe a little too much on the mechanics of baptism, the oil of charism and, uh, you know, the baptismal candle being lit from the Easter candle and so forth, but not the theology of baptism. So we got a little outline after that meeting, and we've been sticking to that outline ever since. Could you explain a little bit about baptism and how it works? Yeah, so I think the two things that are really important to understand about baptism is um, it takes away original sin and we receive God's life. That's Those two are really important to understand. Um, it sets the tone. It's really the door to all the other sacraments. And so uh, we want to be free of sin and we want to have God's life. And so that's really important. And then just the whole idea of staying away from sin. So what is sin, you know? There's original sin, obviously, and then there's actual sin that we commit. And so to go to kind of talk about confession and what makes up a mortal sin and that whole connection of, um, you know, first original sin was met the three requirements for something to be a mortal sin, that it was grave matter, the disobedience of God, it was sufficient reflection. Eve said to the serpent um, when asked, did God really say you couldn't eat from the tree? And she said, he said, if we even touch it, we'd surely die. And, you know, and then she willfully did it. And he, she wasn't forced to. And so those are what make up original sin. I mean, an actual sin, mortal sin, and separating us from God. And we don't want to be separated from God. So just the understanding of that and then just the whole um, what happens when you you are baptized you know, there are three types of baptism, baptism by water, blood, and a desire. Um, the things that we would talk about theologically, I would kind of be more didactic, and so we'd have these conversations, and I'd ask the, the questions instead of just telling them. And it was in asking the questions, they realized, wow, I didn't really know this. But if you just tell them, they're like, yeah, 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 I know that stuff. And so... I just felt like it was a good way to help the parents understand the basics of their faith and then hopefully a foundation to moving forward and helping their kids to embrace the faith later on. Well, sure. And it's not it's not an insurance policy, and it's not done because Grandma said you should do it. It's done to bring new life to uh, that child and make that child a, a creation in Christ. Amen. I want to thank you, Father, for your interview time today in the Sons of Melchizedek program and explaining a little bit about your upbringing and your desire to become a priest. We want to thank you for that. You know, you're the best. I just want to tell you that. God is the best. And you're the best priest that I could possibly be interviewing right this minute. Yeah, this minute. So thank you for your vocation. Thank you for realizing that we need tools to get us to heaven. Amen. You've been listening to a special edition of Faith in Action entitled Sons of Melchizedek. Join us again next time when we'll feature another priest from the area. If you are interested in having your priest appear on this show, 
please contact us at Catholic Radio Indy.